If Anafil Delaunay wanted me to lay down in the stews like Nama, I would do it, I was sure. And if he willed me to be more than an instrument for the Mandragian fiddle players, I would learn to be it. That sentence from Cushiel's Dart by Jacqueline Carey is this episode's fantasy opening. You're listening to Book God, the podcast. You're listening to Book God, the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Adams. I'm not afraid of books, and you shouldn't be either. In this podcast, you'll hear side-by-side comparisons of books whose truths have terrified mortals. We're going to be taking a look at the size of the books, the weight of the books. We're going to talk about the titles, the number of words in the titles. We're going to talk about what's on the pages, how many pages it takes to get to the first page of the book. We're going to read a little bit of each book, and we're going to try to improve upon what the author wrote and how they opened their book. We're going to have a four-corner count each episode. We're going to find that loving feeling, talk about and listen to what it feels like to hold these books. We're going to cut the foreplay and read a little bit of the books. Join me now. Tonight's episode compares two books which are generally regarded as children's books, but we know they're not, and yet we should not be afraid of them. The first of the two books is called Pinocchio, A Tale of a Puppet. The second of the two books is called Travels into Several Remote Nations of the World by Lemuel Gulliver, otherwise known as Gulliver's Travels. Okay, to get started tonight, What we have to do is measure the book. So I'm starting with Pinocchio. Listen up, I've got my tape measure ready. Actually, before I measure it, why not just eyeball it? Let's just eyeball the book. I would say, using using just my eyes, I would put this book at about, I don't know, that looks like about just a little bit over five inches on the width. And the tallest part of the book, it's definitely under a ruler, not 12 inches, um, I don't know, eight maybe. And then the height of the book, if I use my thumb, it's definitely less than an inch. So something like five by eight by one. That's what this book seems to be. And our other book is a little bit trickier because it's not only Gulliver's Travels. It also has something by, uh, an author named Stern and, uh, Tristram Shandy, I want to say. It's part of the Great Books of the Western World collection. Many people are very afraid of this collection of books, and, and, and you shouldn't be, and you shouldn't be. So we are going to just measure it. And again, this one is actually bigger. It's uh, a little bit bigger than Pinocchio. Not too much, though. And then it's got that thing, and this is something that we're going to have to do, and we have to decide, and I don't know the criteria how to decide um, by what criteria to do it, but we have to account for the hardcover. So the hardcover is naturally bigger than the pages. And I don't know if we should count the page size or the book size. Most of me is leaning towards the book size because that's what is actually on the shelf. It's obviously, it's not just pages. There's a, there's a hardcover binding. So, um, with all that said, we're just going to get into it. We're going to measure it and see how close I was. Um, and then, you know, you can, you can take notes. I've got a pen here and, uh, I'm not really going to write because it's hard to, it's hard to manipulate both the book the tape measure and the pen and fine paper. It's just, I'm not going to write it, but you can write it and uh, 
So what we've got is I'm using, and I mentioned this because I, I, I like tools, I like gadgets, and so uh, over time, I'm, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask for help buying more uh, accurate sensing equipment. Okay, the tools right now. This is just an Ace brand. It's a 12 foot three quarter inch with the number on it is two one three seven nine five eight. Um, I, I can't say that I've used it very much, but uh, it definitely has the sound of uh, tape measure. There's in and there's there's a there's out and there's pushing it back in. It has the lock feature, so once you're out, you can you can lock it. And then uh, if you want to unlock it, whoop, watch your finger, watch your finger, um, it'll it'll snap right back in. So measuring this book, then we uh, take it out and it's apparently oh a little bit bigger than I thought. Um, it is right at nine inches, nine inches. I've got it hooked just over the top. I, don't worry, I'm not injuring the book. Um, and I, again, you don't have to be afraid. Like it's not like the book's going to bite back, even if I did injure it. So uh, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to make sure you overcome your fear of books. So, okay, that was nine. And then I've got, um, that is, oh, it's just peeking over six. It's not yet to a six and one sixteenth, but it is not dead on six. So I don't know if that's a printing mistake. I don't know. Again, if I could get, we'll, we'll see what we can do here, but I want to get more sensitive, um, equipment. And, uh, here we go. This is the height now of Pinocchio. We are at, that is at the mark that would be, what is that? Just over a half. And then it's less than three quarters. So it's what's in between half and three quarters. It's two more of what would be the eighths. No, just one more eighth. So um, five eighths, five eighths inch thick. And that's Pinocchio's measurements. And then again, um, I, I don't think it's wise to open the book to measure it. And so we're just going to measure this whole volume, even though it has two stories in it. But uh, from top to bottom, I guess I never did guess, but that's okay. We'll just keep moving. Um, again, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the book. So I, I don't think it'll be a big thing. I don't think it cares if I didn't uh, guess or eyeball it. But uh, here we go. Nine inches. And we are at the small line that is before the half and it's got to be the 16th. So it's nine inches, seven, seven sixteenths, just before eight sixteenths. That's the length. And then the width is six inches. I need better lighting in here. Oh, look at that. Six inches, seven sixteenths. That's interesting. Very interesting. We've got a, oh my goodness. Rejoice. One inch exactly. The height, you couldn't be this is setting what an inch is supposed to be. This book, it's it's amazing. And it's amazing. Okay, so we've got the length, width, and the height of the book. Next up, and uh, I'll set down the tape measure. Next up for the weight, I don't have a good scale right now. I don't. The It's hard to decide what kind of scale, you know, what what's worth the investment for books when we're weighing books. Uh, what I'm going to use tonight, and it's just because of the variability of it, you can hear some, uh, it's almost like a child's toy that you can hear, and sure enough it is. It's the, you know the ring game that Fisher-Price makes for infants, where they have multicolor rings, there's like an orange one, and a yellow one, and then there's a green one, green, these are all rings, they're kind of like donuts, about the size of donuts, well, I mean, it depends if they're cake donuts, or uh, what is the other kind called, but the point is the blue one's the big one, then it goes green, yellow, orange, red. So what I'm going to do is I've got just 
the stand that uh, the Fisher Price makes. And uh, just so everybody can tell, this is made, it says in China. It's got some numbers on it, kind of hard to read with the way the lighting in this studio is set up. 2004 by Mattel. 1186MJ,1NL. And then there's some other letters FGW58. So, I mean, it seems for good quality. I've, I've got children and they, they play with it just fine. Oh, there's even words on the donut. It's got Fisher Price and Made in China and then a number two. It's weird because it's not the second ring. So I don't know what the number two and the green one is number one. That's weird. Well, anyhow, we're not talking about the toy. What we're doing is we're weighing. And this is just a scale. My body is going to be the scale, and this toy is going to be our weights. So I'm going to hold the book. I've got the empty. I've got Pinocchio in my left hand, and in my right hand, I have the empty Fisher-Price ring toss toy game for infants. And right now, I would say Pinocchio is still heavier, so I'm going to add the blue on. And right now, Pinocchio is still, still heavier. We're going to add the green. And with the green on, um, we're getting about even. It's it's even. It's rough. You know, it's hard to tell. I don't know if I did more with my right arm or left arm today. Here comes the yellow. And with the yellow, uh, I think it's just going to take this one more orange. That The trouble is these are getting smaller. So I'm not actually adding the same amount of weight every time. That would be help if it was the same amount or if I had some kind of more scientific, you know, scientific scale. But for our purposes today, again, uh, we're going to be okay. So I've got this, and I'm going to call it that it's the Pinocchio book weighs the same amount as the Fisher-Price ring toss game thing when it has the blue, green, yellow, and orange. And again, the Fisher-Price model seems to be the one that came out in 2004. Just bought it recently, so I don't know how long it sat on the shelf or if they just date them all the same, but that's the model that we're in for the Pinocchio book. That was Pinocchio book. It took four rings. So now we're going to check out how heavy Gulliver's Travels plus that additional book because we can't just weigh... I, I'm, look, I'm not afraid of what would happen, okay? it's I'm not afraid. And the and yet I'm not going to just take out Gulliver's Travel. It's a two-book volume, and I'm not going to take out the first story. So I'm not going to do that. So we're just we're working with what we have here. Fisher-Price toy, empty. And, uh, ooh, yeah, this, this book's definitely going to, I think it's going to end up being more. I'm going to put the first two on just to save a little bit of time here. So I've got the blue and the green have made their way onto the Fisher-Price toy. And it's still, yeah, I'm going to go two again. And we'll, we'll see if we can, uh, how this works here. But here comes the yellow and the orange. And now when I weigh them, or, I mean, yeah, I don't know who I'm joking. I should have just thrown them all. I, just, I wasted your time. I'm sorry. Here we are. Here's all five. It's got the, it does have the the rattle beads in the top. And so it that, that might, I'm holding them both here. I got, again, I got the left hand. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up just to be sure. I want, even though I don't have the best equipment tonight, I do want to be accurate. Okay, so I put the book now in my right hand, and in my left hand, I have the Fisher-Price toy. The book's still heavier. It's still heavier. I don't know. I, that It's still heavier. That's It's fine. It's fine. Okay, but it's heavier. So in time, I hope to get a better scale. I'm thinking a kitchen scale. If you have any ideas, um, you know, somehow get them to me. I've got some email out there. Um, 
bookgodthepodcast.gmail.com. You can email me your ideas. So next up, we're going to get into what, you know, might be called vital statistics. Depends on your definition of the word vital. We're going to talk about the titles, the number of words in the title, and uh, also the authors, how many how many names or words that the authors got. So starting with Pinocchio, here I'm uh, reading from some previous notes. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Pinocchio has got six words in the title. This is because it's uh, more than just Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio, a tale of a puppet. And then the author is C. Collody or Collodi. And I, I can't find in this edition that I have, I can't find what that C stands for in the beginning. Maybe uh, Chris or Charles, who, who knows? Um, so six words for the title, one initial, one just letter in the author's name and one name in the author's name. So one initial, one name for Gulliver's Travel, which as I read earlier is not just Gulliver's Travel. It's an 11 word title, which is very interesting. And two names, which is Jonathan Swift. So Jonathan Swift, two words, two names and 11 words for the title. Um, oh my goodness, we are at a, this is a new segment, it is called One Page Long, and what we're, what, what I'm concerned with, and this is to overcome the fear, because a lot of people, they don't like certain books, and they're, they're afraid of them, and they actually tell other people to not read them, because of just the way fear works, it, it spreads like a disease, so in One Page Long... I just give you a little tool, and uh, what what the tool's for is to just help you overcome the fear bit by bit. So we don't look at the longest word on every page. That would take far too long, but we do look at the longest word on the first page, and we count the letters. So in Pinocchio, the longest word on the first page has, get this, 10 letters, 10 letters. That might seem like a lot, but it's not that many letters. So I, I just don't think you need to be afraid of it. For Gulliver's Travels, that's of course the short title, the longest word on the first page is 15 letters. That's right, 15 letters. A little bit longer, and I'll give you a clue. You're going to hear it later in the episode, but it's a it's a place name. It's a city. So that's what kind of accounts. There's not many 15-letter words. And you might be, you know, that might cause you to tremble when you hear that there's a word of that length just on page one. But I assure you, there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, I'm certainly not afraid of them, uh, of these books or any books, really. I'm not afraid of books and you shouldn't be either. Okay, next up, we need to talk about some statistics about the pages. So what we do in this part of the show is we count the pages that are before the first page, if that makes sense. So as you all know, if you've picked up a book or even if you were in an ebook, they don't just start on the very first page. There's a title page. There's some, these days there's forewords, there's introductions. So what I wanted to do to help you overcome your fear of books is count how many pages before the first page. And so in Pinocchio, there's 10, if you can believe it, 10 pages before the first page. Gulliver's Travel has, it, it's, it's astounding, 
28 pages. The edition of Gulliver's Travel that I have has 28 pages before the very first page of the story. And of course, Gulliver's Travel, it's a tricky one. You, it's very difficult. And again, I'll be revising this as the episodes keep coming out. And I'm sorry that we're not going to be able to go back in the past and review previously covered books. But some of the pages, I admit, almost are the story because it's a satire piece. So he made it, he made it like there's a letter from Gulliver. Well, that's obviously not from Gulliver because he's a fiction character, not, nothing to fear. But um, there's even an advertisement about the trip that Gulliver takes. And then the publisher has a letter, but they're all written by Swift. So in a way, they are the first. But even if you take out those, I mean, I'm holding it in my hands right now. There is, there's something I mean, maybe still 10, maybe even 12, 12 pages before you get to the first page, even if you count those other ones as first. But I, I don't even like doing that because the book really should just start with chapter one. I think we can agree on that. And 28 pages before you get to chapter one in Gulliver's Travel. Um, total number of pages, Pinocchio, total numbers, 264, 264 pages. And then in Gulliver, again, it's two stories in the book, but we do care about the book. That's what people are afraid of. That's what I'm trying to help you overcome your fear of. Gulliver's Travel, the book that I have that also has a second uh, book within it, is 555. And again, I cannot, I can't guarantee that if you counted the pieces of paper that we name to be a page, that it would be exactly 555. There are some unnumbered pages without number in the beginning before they became numerated. And just don't quote me on it, but it's close enough for what our purposes are, which is overcoming the fear. While we're on pages, you know, some people, they have a thing for color. And if they just know what the color is before they before they pick up the book, it, it might help them not be afraid. And the Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels book, it's not just white. There's some tinting to it. It's not fully yellow. I've got a kind of a wood desk in front of me, and it's almost the color of a very, very light-colored wood, an unstained, untreated wood. Uh, it's a butcher block type piece that is on uh, the table that I'm sitting at, and they almost match. Uh, it's going to be difficult to come up with a name for it. It's just a little bit yellow. It looks very nice, very nice. And uh, certainly a warm feeling is how those pages are. And then Pinocchio is just classic white. It's just classic white. Now, the text in Pinocchio, because Pinocchio truly is more of a children's book, even though some adults are afraid of letting children read it, it's a children's book. And it can teach adults as well. You shouldn't fear it. But it's just white, white pages. And the letters are kind of big. If I get the, you know, there's there's many ways to measure font. I'm just going to use the ruler. I'm even going to set it. I've got it set. You know, let's, let's be a little bit more, I almost dropped it, a little bit more perfectionist here. A six inch set so that I can stabilize and measure it. And this time what I'm getting, and I'm going to use the, it looks like there's 30 seconds are uh, available on the other side. So the capital H in the text of the book appears to be, that's one, two, three, four, five, five thirty seconds. That's what Pinocchio's font size is. And if we open up 
Gulliver, and I, I'm not doing this very scientifically. I'm just picking a page. The capital H, if I can find one. Oh, there's one. A lot of he's in these books. Gulliver's is one, two, three, four, thirty seconds. Four thirty seconds. So Gulliver's four thirty seconds. If that means anything to you, as we know, smaller font normally indicates that it's an adult book. Bigger font means for the kids, easier, less words on each page, harder for them to get confused or lost. So um, that pretty much finishes the pages, uh, vital statistics. And what we're going to do just to take a break um, is we're going to read a portion. Every night we're going to start with our fantasy opening sentence. And then we're going to read either one sentence or if it takes just a little bit more, we're going to read to see uh, the superheroes that were the Indians back in some of the adventures. That's what I've got for us tonight. And uh, it's just going to be the difference in cultures and how many words it takes to to communicate ideas. And this again is just helping us overcome the fear of books. A lot of words you don't have to be afraid and you also don't have to be afraid when it's short. So the following is from True to the Old Flag, A Tale of the American War of Independence by G.A. Henty. Before starting, they stood for a minute or two looking over the forest for which they were to traverse. To Harold's eye, all appeared quiet and still. Here and there were clearings where settlers had established themselves, but with these exceptions, the forest stretched away like a green sea. Tarnation! Peter exclaimed. We shall have all our work to get through safely, eh, chief? The Seneca nodded. What makes you say so? Harold asked in surprise. I see nothing. Peter looked at him reproachfully. I am downright ashamed of your lad. You should have been long enough in the woods this time to know smoke when you see it. Why, there it is, curling up from the trees in a dozen, eh, in a score of places. There must be hundreds of men out scouting or camping in them woods. Harold looked fixedly again at the forest, but even now he could not detect the signs which were so plain to the scout. "'You may call me as blind as a bat, Peter,' he said with a laugh, "'but I can see nothing. Looking hard, I imagine I can see a light mist here and there, but I believe it is nothing but fancy.' It is clear enough to me, lad, and to the Redskins. What do you say, chief? Too much men, the Seneca replied sententiously. And that is our our kind of a, just a reading, break up the episodes a little bit, and uh, kind of teaches a little bit about how few words you need to make the point that people that are more verbose need a lot of words to make. Okay, back to back to our two books. Again, we are comparing... A side-by-side comparison of books whose truths have terrified mortals. We're looking at Gulliver's Travels and Pinocchio. And uh, we've gone through many things, length and width and height and the weight. Talked about how many words are in the title, things like this. And next up, we need to talk about the font kind. And by that I mean, is it serif or sans serif? Gulliver's Travels, serif. And you would expect it, right? That It's an old book. And so they're going to represent that with the older, more conservative font. And again, it's a little daunting, but daunting isn't anything to be afraid of. Not, not when it comes to books. Now, Pinocchio, again, a children's book for the most part, also serif. And, and I think we can chalk both of these up to the fact that they're old. So next up is going to be what I like to call 
the four corner count. We're going to make sure that we understand the full dimensions of the book. And this is to include how many corners the book has, because if we know, the more we know about the books, the less that we have to fear. I I really do believe that. So here we go. Four corner count for Pinocchio. One, two, three, and four. And let's double check with the Gulliver's Travels. We have one, two, three, four. That's four corners. That was our four corner count. All right, next up. This one's this one's for the ladies. I call it the find that loving feeling portion of the show. It's a segment where we let you sonically ingest how the book feels. And so you're at the bookstore, you see the book, maybe you're at a library, maybe you're just at a friend's house. You see the book, you're a little bit afraid but you go ahead and reach out for it and touch it. And as you slide your hand across the front of the book, this is what you'd hear. That was the front of Gulliver's Travels. Here's the back of Gulliver's Travels. I'm going to do that again. This is if you slide your hand across the back of Gulliver's Travels, also has a second book in it, Um, I can describe that there's some, it's got a little bit of fabric and it's not leather, but it's that like maybe a fake leather. And so it feels good because that's where the binding is. So your hand, you know, you might get sweaty, but, uh, you can clean it easy. So anyhow, here's the back and I'm going to, I'm going to do this one one more time, a little bit slower. That wasn't very even. I apologize. Next up is going to be, you know, in movies especially, I find, because the actors, are they're not afraid. And so they'll do anything with these books. And when they need to show the viewer what the title of the book is or to make a point, they'll, using just their index finger, they'll slide their finger down the spine and their thumb is on the back cover and the other three fingers are on the front cover. That's what we're going to do here. So listen up. Oh, you can feel that it was a little bit, it was a little bit sticky. Um, And now that I'm looking at it, you can see why it would be sticky. There's just, it's almost like there's a third texture. So here we go. One more time. This is going to be the index finger. I'm not going to press so hard. Um, Obviously I'm a little, a little bit nervous. Not that I'm afraid, but maybe a little bit. I'm going to dry off my hand here. Okay. Hands dry. Here we go. Sliding with the index finger down the spine and the thumb is on the back, and then the other... Here we go, sliding down. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so that was Gulliver's Travel. Now, for your listening pleasure, if we pick up Pinocchio, here's the hand sliding down the cover. Yeah, you know right away what that is. That's a paperback. There's only one thing on this one. It's just paper. It's very nice to touch. Here is the back. And then say that we wanted to uh, kind of model it and see what it is called. Here's the index finger on the spine. That's right. Okay, but that's not the only part of reading and of books that we need to think about. We also want to know, and this one is, you have to have sensitive ears for this one but I know you do. So we're going to go with, what does it sound like to open the book? And this is Pinocchio 
opening now. Okay, and not necessarily as sensitive ears to pick up a page turn. I'm flipping by just letting the book's own elasticity take it away from my right thumb. Here's turning a page. Okay, and then say that we're done. We've placed the bookmark and now we're closing the book. Here we go. That, whew, yeah, that was good. Okay, now, Gulliver's Travels. Let's run through opening. This, again, is a hardbound book, so it's probably going to sound a little different, and that's what we're interested in. We want to do a comparison, a comparison of the two. So here's Gulliver's Travels. Here's opening. Oh, I didn't even realize that was breaking... I don't think this book has been opened to that page before. It's in the Tristram Shandy portion, so I don't know if that counts. I'll open it more to the Gulliver's Travel portion. Here we go, because I did read. I did read this. Okay. Okay, that's Gulliver's Travel opening, and then turning a page. Now, being a hardback, I can't do the bending thing with the natural elasticity that I mentioned with Pinocchio, so I've actually got to reach for the page. You can hear it. And turning the page. Okay. And then because it's a little bit heavier of a book, it's going to sound different. So here's closing the book after you've finished your reading for the day. Here we go. Or just a session, of course. Yes. A very firm close. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds good. Okay. Next up. Next up. And we're nearing the end of the comparison here. There's not much else that we can cover. But we do have to see how good the authors are. We do have to go ahead and cut the foreplay as I call it. So what we're going to do is we're going to abstract out, then we're going to cement in, and then we're going to read the author's first line. So to abstract out from Pinocchio, the first line would be this. The first the, For Pinocchio, it's a very short opening sentence, and so I've got to read you just a little bit. But for the most part, this segment is going to just be opening sentences. For Pinocchio, if we abstract out from the author's words to convey basically the same idea, but see maybe if it sounds better if we do it this way, here's how it would sound. This is Pinocchio by C. Colody. Chapter 1. There existed maybe a leader, some little symbol interpreters will interpret. Negative, small humans, you are missing my thinking, there existed, maybe, a part of living but not locomotive life. And that's the opening of Pinocchio, if we abstract out. Now, if we cement in, okay, then this might be how the opening of Pinocchio sounds. This is, uh, again, cementing in Pinocchio chapter 1. Ten years, three hundred days, four hours, twenty-three minutes, two seconds, ten milliseconds ago exactly, there was King George. My above-grade-level readers will instantly shout in English. As far as east is from west, my seven- to nine-year-olds, your guesses are wild. Ten years, three hundred days, four hours, twenty-three minutes, two seconds, ten milliseconds ago exactly, there was a piece about 12 inches tall and having a diameter of 30 inches of pine tree. Okay, so that was the cementing in. 
Over time, you'll be able to tell how to do this, and you may choose to do it yourself as you read. But here, of course, is the real opening. And again, you be the judge, which you prefer. We can go with the author, or we can abstract out or cement in. Here is the actual author's words. Pinocchio, chapter one. There was, once upon a time, a king, my little readers will instantly exclaim. No, children, you are wrong. There was once upon a time a piece of wood. And that was the opening of Pinocchio. Now we're going to run through the same same abstract out cement in and the author's actual words of Gulliver's Travel. Again, what we're doing here is we're overcoming our fear of books. And to abstract out from Jonathan Swift's Gulliver's Travel, chapter 1, this is the abstract out version. See if this is see if you like this better than than what the author has. My parent had space in a country on earth. I was not the oldest or youngest child which identified as male. That's the abstract out. And then for the cement in Gulliver's Travel Cement in version chapter 1. The only contributing sperm sperm donor to my existence had for an address 763A Street in Nottinghamshire, England, Great Britain, Western Europe, Europe, Eurasia, Earth, Milky Way. I was not the first, second, fourth, or fifth son, but the third, when reckoned by age. That was the cement in first sentence. That's again. I'm I'm doing that. I'm trying to see if I can improve upon the author's work, just again to help overcome any fear that may be out there lingering. Here is Jonathan Swift's own words: "Gulliver's Travel," much longer title in reality, Chapter One. My father had a small estate in Nottinghamshire. I was the third of five sons. And that's it. That's the way Gulliver's Travel. There's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of with these books. And, uh, oh, there's our music, so we are out of time. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Book God, the podcast, with your host, Peter Adams. Tune in next episode as we do a side-by-side comparison of books whose truths have terrified mortals. <laughs>